start your streaming podcast and the internet thing already comes up this is going to be a fantastic what's up everybody welcome to episode 135 of the no spots podcast part of the true radio network and brought to you on twitch.tv slash true no spots pod we are streaming live right now so thank you to those who are watching us there or on video on man and thank you to all of you who are listening on the various podcasting platforms i am dc's people share from the people studios in alexandria virginia and i am joined of course to my left your right if you're watching us by my taxi partner from the regular basement he is the dark lord sith himself sith how are you doing this fine fine yeah uh welcome everyone to the regular basement we're all as well here in the rva and wow today is going to be one crazy day first up before we go into the first two streams today a happy heavenly birthday to our friend smell my smell my face known as jeff as he would have had his birthday today dude was top class that's like i had to open with a birthday shout out today for him champ what's good in the people studios in alexandria via good song. Oh, things are good. Things are good. Uh, unexpectedly, don't have Junior here this weekend, but that's okay because as long as he's happy, it's all good. I'm going to see him tomorrow. Going to take him to a nice little trampoline park so he can go jump around and have a little fun. Other than that, we are here. We're ready to talk some wrestling with you. It's been a very, very busy week, and it's going to be a busy day here. We have this podcast stream that we're trying to get done by 6 o'clock, and then Sith will be back solo. He will be live reacting to AEW Full Gear. Uh, we came up with that plan with the thought that Junior would be here, but then when it changed late last night, we just decided to just keep with the plan because this way I could just focus on producing, playing sounds, and things like that, and he can focus on reacting to the action and stuff like that. And so that's the plan is that he will go solo tonight at 7.30. Uh, stream will start about 7.25-ish. And then he'll go live and react to everything. And I'll be in the chat modding and chatting up with people who are in there. So make sure y'all come and join us and have some fun with me, with Sith, with everybody. Because it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. That's going to be fun. All right. Let's get this thing started, shall we? Ring the bell. There we go. There's the bell, and we are underway. It is now time for news and notes. And the first news we wanted to bring to you is happy news because a wrestling couple has now gotten married. Who is that wrestling couple, you ask? Well, it's none other than WWE Hall of Famer Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes. Uh, the two got engaged back in February of this year after being together for a few years. And this past Thursday, they tied the knot in Las Vegas. Uh, a notable guests to the this wedding were, of course, former WWE stars 
Karrion Cross is Scarlett Bordeaux, as well as former WWE star Candice Michelle officiating the, the ceremony. So how about that? Uh, there are a lot of screenshots out there from uh, social media of the event. Katie looks very happy. Rob looks very happy. Congratulations to Katie and to Rob. As much as we took the piss out of Katie and her performances on Impact, this is fantastic news, and clearly Rob is very happy. Uh, this is actually Rob Van Dam's second marriage. As you know, she was, he was originally married before, of course, then started dating Katie, and now they're married. So congratulations, Cynthia. Any kind words? Yep. Uh, congratulations to Rob and Katie on their nuptials this week. Congratulations to you all from the basement. Um, as I said, you know, as Champ said, you know, we took a big piss out of Katie Ford's appearances on Impact. You got to leave that aside. Wish them all the best in their marriage, the whole nine yards. And wish them nothing but happiness. Absolutely. A shout out to Mike. My man, Mike from the Lean Squad, has just resubbed for three months in a row. Mike, appreciate you, my guy. Thank you for the resub. Thank you for the continued support of the No Spots podcast. We really appreciate it. Hope everything's well with you in, in Alaska. Hopefully that goes by quick and you're back home and chilling. Appreciate you again, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it, dude. Uh, next story we have here is an update. Uh, an update on Hacksaw Jim Duggan, as it was revealed earlier this uh, last month, actually, that he has he's going to un undergo treatment and surgery for prostate cancer. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. So he took to Twitter this past week and provided an update on his uh, recent surgery for his prostate cancer. He had um, the cancer surgery. Uh, back on October the 29th at the Medical University of South Carolina Hospital in Charleston, South Carolina. Shout out to South, South Carolina. And he had planned to take a break from social media and things, but he came back to provide this update. Uh, in the video, he said that he's doing, just, he's doing much, much better. And he thanked everybody for their support. And he had to announce that, of course, you know, with the treatment and everything, he had to cancel the rest of his 2021 bookings and is hoping to be back on the road in 2022. But um, nothing has been put, you know, put out there just yet. Uh, he said, quote, hi, everybody. I just like to give everybody a quick update after my back to back surgeries. Obviously, I'm home doing well, feeling much, much better. And I want to say thank you to everyone for the thoughts, the prayers, the, the good wishes. You know, it's humbling to have so many people all over the world care. Uh, I'll tell you, it means a lot. So that's what you have to say. And so Doug has been dealing with a lot of medical issues over the last couple of years. He underwent a heart procedure back in March of 2019. He was also hospitalized back in September of 2019. But he said his health was starting to get back better at the start of 2020. He had dropped 40 pounds. He had already said he wrestled his last match, but he was still taking various indie booking Sith. Uh, what do you have to say and react to when it comes to this news from it's Hacksaw? great news that things are working out for him because you know cancer sucks and you just got to get your treatments in the whole nine yards and hope for the best um just nothing but best wishes for him because a lot of people know i grew up watching that guy so you know i'm just glad he's doing better and hopefully yeah. next year sometime down the road as his body allows him to, he'll be able to make live appearances again. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about on the show, like a lot of our heroes that we grew up watching are starting to, to die out. And so this is one that I hope we can keep for a little while longer. Eventually his time will come, but hopefully it stays, he stays around a little bit longer and continues to entertain uh, the masses and things like that. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, next news story. Also talking about surgeries, uh, soon to be, I'm pretty sure like, eventual Hall of Famer. The Undertaker has announced that he has a multitude of surgeries lined up coming up, you know, based off of his years of in-ring competition. Uh, he appeared on the Norm and D Invasion uh, show on Sports Radio 96.7, The Ticket in Dallas on Wednesday while they were down there doing promotional work for the upcoming WrestleMania, which is taking place in Dallas next year. Uh, he mentioned that he needs right knee replacement surgery as well as partial hip replacement on both of his hips. Uh, he said, quote, both my hips are partial hip replacements already. I need a right knee, so I have surgeries lined up. I just, I got to wait until hunting season is over for them. Uh, and he was asked if he does miss being in the ring. He said he does miss it. But the body can take so, can only take so much and deliver so much. And for me, uh, that time. So I realized at the last WrestleMania that I had, that I did, which was WrestleMania 36, that my time had come. And that is why the cinematic Boneyard match with AJ Styles ended up being his retirement match in which he got the victory. So what do you got to say about that? The Undertaker getting ready to go under the knife, two partial hip replacements and a full right knee replacement. Prayers, vibes can, you know, prayers, vibes, support, you know, for Undertaker. Um, definitely, you know, first ballot hall of famer definitely but the body comes first and now we know that hey he's wrestled his last match um, yep. a lot of people keep speculating oh he could come back and appear next year no he's done he said in that interview that hey when he did the boneyard match he knew that was it you know and i'll never forget you, me, and Donnie were talking on chat together during the Boneyard match, and Metallica opens up. I'm popping up, and you're like, yo, Sid, what's that? And I'm like, the closest we've gotten to old school Metallica in fucking ages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, but, uh, I mean, it's good. We, we saw the uh, the Undertaker uh, docuseries that yep. WWE Network had in which he spent the last couple of years prior to 2020 trying to find that retirement match that last match and chasing that last match and the boneyard match ended up being the one and so you know best wishes to undertaker as he undergoes these surgeries you know post wrestling life when you've wrestled as long as he has it can be rough and it can be tough on the body so you know best wishes to him and finally this story came out this week and it made all the sense in the world why what happened a couple weeks ago on smackdown happened uh, as many of you know, there was a situation after, on SmackDown where they did a belt swap instead of having new champions crowned prior to Crown Jewel. And so Becky Lynch had to swap the SmackDown Women's Championship with the Raw Women's Championship to Charlotte Flair because they were both moving brands. But of course, all shit went wrong with the belt being thrown down and Charlotte looked like she was trying to show up Becky and then there were reports of an argument between the two and then... Sonya Deville being involved and Charlotte being escorted from the building. So, apparently, there is real heat between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair as outlined during an interview that 
Becky Lynch did with SI media, with the SI media podcast this past Wednesday. Uh, she said she sat down with Jimmy Trania and he asked about that. And she basically said that she don't trust Charlotte Flair and they're no longer best friends. The quote was this quote. I don't know, man. We don't talk anymore. We don't talk. So all I'll say is the locker room needs a hero sometimes. And sometimes somebody's got to be a hero. I'm all right being that hero. That's what I'll say on the matter. Now, they're supposed to go one-on-one, champion versus champion in Survivor Series. But now this is out there, right? Uh, she was asked about that. She said, quote, oh, 100% more difficult. When, uh, she admitted when she was asked about um, if it's harder to work with someone when there's real-life heat. Uh, she said, yeah, 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 that's the thing. When you've got two people that are wanting to work together to make magic, then you work, you make magic. Sometimes when there's hostility, when you can't trust the person, then you never know what's going to happen. You always have to be on guard. It's like a game of chess. You have to be thinking two steps, three steps, four steps ahead. What are they going to do? How am I going to handle it? If they do this, if they do that, whatever. This business is built on trust and working together. That's the art of it. And she goes on with that. Sith. We know now. We know what's going on. What's up? How you feel about this? I'd like to say something that's very controversial off the jump, champ. Okay. In two weeks' time, no, next Sunday, Survivor Series is going to be held. Champion versus champion. I would love to see something that caused quite a stir twenty-four years ago to happen again in this match because honestly I think it goes beyond just the dynamic of Becky and Charlotte no longer being best friends I think it's gotten to a point where a certain individual's ego needs to be brought down a notch or two because you're supposed to be a leader in the locker room and when you're a leader in the locker room you don't do things such as throw the belt down during the belt exchange to show off the person who's across that you're supposed to hand the belt to. I'm going to tell y'all that this will not end well. That this match, ooh, I'm looking forward to it. I was looking forward to it before the interview. After the interview, I got to wonder how it's going to end. It, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and keep her professional, at least in the match. But it's clear in this interview that Becky has some real, you know, there is real life heat between the two. She said they're mm-hmm. no longer best friends. They don't talk this and a third. So clearly all the talk that Charlotte tried to show up Becky and it caused a, uh, a bit of a, a tiff, a tiff backstage were all confirmed in this interview. Um, Excuse me. And I mean, there's all the all the little dirty, dirty sheets. They're all talking about oh, Charlotte's trying to get released. She's trying to go to AEW with Andrade and stuff like that. That could be true. That could not be true. Let's not let's not assume that. Let's just assume that Charlotte is just I mean, she's a flair for Christ's sake. I mean, yeah. come on, let's be let's be for real. So let's I'm good. We're going to keep an eye on this situation and see how it develops. But again, those two will go at a champion versus champion. Uh, at Survivor Series next Sunday uh, in the Barclays Center. And we will, of course, be live streaming reacting myself and Sith for that one on Sunday, uh, on Sunday, uh, November the 21st. 
Yes, next Sunday. Absolutely. Uh, So that's it for your news and notes for this week. Uh, I'm going to back Sith out for just a quick second. This is going to be a recap of New Japan this week. So (laughs) this week in New Japan, the big, 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 big thing, there's two big events going on for New Japan this week, this weekend, actually. Today began the uh, long tour of the best super juniors in World Tag League. Make sure you go back and check out me and Sage's preview of this event. Uh, we live-streamed on Thursday. The podcast went on Friday. Uh, really fun podcast to do. We talked about the best of super juniors in World Tag League. Uh, it began the day with six, uh, the first six matches of the league uh, where – and then that happened – where uh, Doki did the upset victory over Bushi, which – I called wrong because I thought maybe Bushi might catch him after uh, Doki got a victory over him in the last day of the league uh, last year. But instead, Doki gets the victory over him. He already has two points. Um, Yoshinobu Kanemaru also has his first two points. He defeated Taiji Ishimori. Well, I think that's what it was. Um, Let me make sure because they haven't updated the results yet on that one. So let me make sure of that before I say that. So let's see. So Doki, uh, Doki won. Uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru got the victory via countout over uh, Taiji Ishimura using a young line to stop him from getting into the ring to get the, the countout victory. Uh, Robbie Eagles, one half of the junior heavyweight tag team champions, upset by Ryusuke Taguchi. Taguchi beating him clean with Dodon to, beat, to get the first two points uh, in the match. El Fantasmo also upset. The two-time Super J-Cup winner was beaten by Master Watto via roll-up to get to lose, and Watto gets his first two points. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi was able to beat, beat Yo with a nice little roll, nice little roll-up hit. The match went three minutes and 55 seconds, so so far that is the shortest match in the tournament, and the tournament's only one day old. Uh, but he was able to defeat Yo and get his first two points. And then in the main event show, with the help of the rest of House of Torture, Yujiro Takahashi and Dick Togo, defeats the junior heavyweight champion El, Fanta- El Desperado to get his first two points in the tournament. So there you go. Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Ryusuke Taguchi, Doki. Hiromu Takahashi, Mastawato, and Sho are already on the board with two points on the night world tag league kicks off sunday morning and remember we will recap all of this this coming thursday live on twitch at 7 p.m with the podcast going up the very next morning at 10 a.m and last week they began their showdown strong the strong showdown tapings tour in philadelphia at the old ecw arena Team Filthy was able to get, gain a bit of a victory over Young Lions, Yuya Yurimura, Alice Coughlin, along with David Finley, Joel Nesson, and Russ Isaacs. The West Coast Connection was teaming with J.R. Kratos. Juice Robinson was able to defeat El Fantasmo. And in the main event, Ren Narita was able to put the Narita Special Four and defeat with Clark Connors, Will Ospreay, and COVID Denier. And then Narita challenged Will Ospreay to a singles match, which will take place tonight. Because the other big event that is going on in New Japan is tonight. It is Battle in the Valley. It is going to be on the air right after right after Full Gear goes off the air at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. on the West Coast with nine big, big matches on the card. 
in headline by the never open weight championship on the line. Jay White defending against Tomohiro Ishii. And if Ishii does not win the championship, he can no longer challenge for that championship ever again in his career. So a big night in San Jose. You can catch it on Fight in English or if you have New Japan World, they will have that on there with Japanese commentary. So there you go. All right. I love that caveat to that match. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting one. Me, me, Dem, and Sage have been talking about it pretty much most of the day. And Dem, the idea, the possibility that Tomohiro Ishii, who was one of the pillars of the Never division, may be shut out of the singles Never title. <laughs> you know who I'm going with, though. So we'll see what happens. But um, let's move on. So now it's yep. time to talk about Full Gear. Full Gear full is coming gear. up tonight. It is their annual November fall pay-per-view for AEW, their four-quarter pay-per-view that they always have. <clears throat> it's taking place from the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they have 10 matches on the card, a buy-in match, and then you have the nine matches on the main card. <clears throat> so we are here now to preview and predict who who we think will win tonight. If you would like to join in the predictions, you can do so in the chat, uh, or you can go on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash no spots pod, and put your predictions in when they get posted there, and you can give your predictions and stuff like that. It'll right? likely get posted as we're starting the weekend review. It'll get posted. Yeah. I already have the window open for it. Awesome. All right, let's start with that buy-in match. That buy-in match is basically a matchup involving that of uh, the four women that are all in quarterfinal matches uh, for the AEW TBS uh, Championship Tournament. On the one side, you have Hikaru Shida and you have Thunder Rosa. On the other side, you have Jamie Hayter and Nyla Rose. This is just like a little nice little random tag match, but there's still some storylines to this one. So, Sith, how do you feel about this match and who wins? Okay, really good idea to have this on the buy-in show, given the strength that's on the main card. This should be a fun women's tag match involving a lot of the involving the four women, four of the women that are involved in the TBS Championship Tournament quarterfinals. And unlike other companies, this isn't a case of can they coexist? Going with the face team tonight, here, folks, Ikara Shida and Thunder Rosa, as I think they will pull this off at the end of the night. I'm also going with the face team of uh, Sheeta and Rosa, and Rosa uh, but I don't think that the loss will take anything away from either Hater or Nyla. Uh, the, Nyla is still some big, an overwhelming favorite, along with Jay Cargill. One of those two women are going to win uh, that championship and be the inaugural champion. So it just depends on who it is. So that's your that's your buy-in and then we will move on to the main card now i will cover the non-championship matches first before we get to the championship matches so we're going to start off with an epic six-man tag team minnesota minneapolis minnesota street fight between christian cage and jurassic express against the super click this has been brewing for weeks there have been numerous attacks of course we had the one-on-one with jungle boy and adam cole and then Adam Cole getting the concerto, and last night on Rampage, they almost gave the concerto to Jungle Boy with the help of Bobby Fish before he got saved, and there's all of that stuff. So, Sif, your thoughts and your predictions on this match, please, sir. 
Okay, let's see here. Let me get to that ranch here in my notes on my computer. Okay, here we go. This trio's ranch is a Falls Count Anywhere ranch. And this also means no DQs. So now you're dealing where you get outside interference, which could be likely here. This is going to be a fun match. I'm going with the super click here to win this one, but it's going to be entertaining. And this is one of the man. No, this is not false count anywhere, but this is one of the matches where you're going to be peeled to the screen all night. But I'm going with super click. Actually, this is the match. It's false count anywhere. I, I was mistaken. Oh, you said an Inner Circle America's top team. Yeah. Is Street Fight. Yeah, that's the one in Street Fight. This is false count anywhere. So that was my mistake. So, But this is the yeah. one that's false count anywhere. So you know it's going to be wild. You know it's going to be crazy. Uh, I'm going with uh, Cage and Jurassic Express. I think the face is okay. right here. Especially based off of what happened this past Friday. Now, again, AEW. He doesn't do typical booking, so take that with a grain of salt. But I feel like they, that they should come out on top of here. Not, this doesn't hurt Adam Cole and the, the, the Super Click. It doesn't hurt them at all. But I feel like this will be a big, big win for them. And I think Jungle Boy is the yeah. one that gets the fall, I feel. So I'm going with uh, Jungle. I'm going with Jurassic Express and Kirsten Cage. And that's about it. Next, we have a, a very unique tag match that was mm -hmm. added just this week. Because uh, you have Cody Rhodes teaming with the Bastard Pack go, to go up against Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. Now, both alliances seem very, very strange. We know that Pac is with Death Triangle, but, you know, Death Triangle's defending the tag titles later on. But Cody Rhodes and Pac really don't have that kind of relationship. The only common denominator is they both can't stand Malachi Black and Andrade. Malachi Black and Andrade form some sort of Something of an alliance, uh, if you want to call it that. And now we have the sag, sag team match. Um, Sith, who are you picking in this one? Okay, this is an intriguing matchup with a lot of evolving talent here. Now, Black and Andrade are longtime friends and competitors as they were in WWE together as well as NXT. Black has been in AEW from the jump and knows Cody quite well to that coin. This could be an electric match. Either way, it's going to be a a slobber knocker, but I'm going with Malachi Black and Andrade for the W here. That's 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 it. That's an interesting pick, Seth. That's a very interesting pick because I'm picking them as well. By the way, what? What? Come to the dark I'm side. I'm picking them as well. I feel like uh, this is one of those situations where the heels have to win. Honestly, they have to win. It it would it builds more to the story. Pac and and Andrade still got one more match to do because they've all they've had two and they split they split the two. So there's going to be one more match between them. Cody got his one win on Malachi, but clearly that issue is not going away. So I think the heels have to win here. Honestly, I think the heels have to win. So that's who I'm going with is uh, Malachi Black and Andrade. Uh, next up, we have what is deemed to be an uber-personal match. It is CM Punk going up against Eddie Kingston. Uh, there's been talk that Eddie Kingston's promo was a legit shoot, that everything he said was real. It's been extremely personal, and it looks like it's going to be an extremely personal match. 
and I think it's going to be a really solid contest as well. They've never really, I don't think they really wrestled each other when it came to actually on the indies. So, Sith, this is a very personal one. This could get ugly. How do you feel? When this was first announced two, like, three weeks ago, we're like, what's the build here? But then in the last two weeks, this has just blown up to a really good story. I'm going with CM Punk. Even though I'm a fan of the Mad King, I think Punk wins here, but not without one hell of a fight. I agree. The Mad King does take the, the L here, but it's going to be a hell of a fight. He's going to put up a hell of a fight on CM Punk, and those shots are going to be stiff as hell. Watch what I tell you. But in yep. fact, I'm also going with CM Punk. Another it's very big personal... beefy men slapping meat. Except only one of them is big beefy, and the other one is not. Yep. But I, but it's still they're still going to be slapping meat. Watch. Uh, Darby yeah. Allen versus MJF, another very personal matchup here. Nothing at stake except just per, just very personal between the two. MJF had Darby Allen jump by some ass men that clearly was the pinnacle. Uh, Darby's been playing his mind games. They've been going back and forth. But I look at this matchup, and I see MJF winning it because whether people like it or not, that kid's going to be a world champion somewhere down the line. Maybe even next year he's going to be a world champion. And he rarely loses in singles matches. I think he's only lost two singles matches in his entire stay in AEW, and they were both to uh, Jericho and Moxley. Other than yep. that, he doesn't lose singles matches very much. And Darby, as much of a star as Darby is, I just don't see him getting the victory, but it won't hurt him. Seth, how do you feel about that? Yeah, this is one of those matches where it's not a part of a tournament, and it's not a title match. It's just a standard singles match, mano y mano. What we have here are two wrestlers that fans have really gotten to know well inside the ring over the last two and a half years. This is going to be a very intriguing matchup, and neither will be hurt in the loss. But, champ, come on. you got to go with MJF here. Because even with some slow burn seeds of Wardlow losing face, you know, losing faith in MJF, MJF you're not going to have the Wardlow face turn on MJF here, but just more slow burn. Yeah, MJF definitely wins this one, as I said. Uh, next, this is the Minnesota street fight that yep. I, I, I mentioned earlier. This is the Minneapolis uh, street fight. The inner circle going up against America's top team and men of the year. Of course, the men of the year are Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky and the members of America's top American top team that are going to be with them. Uh, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky, and Dan Lambert. Uh, Sith, what do you think about this match and who comes out on top of this one? Yeah, yes, sir. It's a fight night feel in the Twin Cities tonight. Minneapolis, St. Paul. You've got the inner circle fresh out the feet against the pinnacle. That wrapped up it all out. And now their targets are set on Dan Lambert's America's top team in the men of the year. This is going to be sick. And likely with a lot of violent spots. And this is the one questionable match I have on this card. Because usually where it comes to a street fight or falls count anywhere in AEW. Those matches have bumps where you're like, ooh. So uh, hopefully this works out. I'm going with the inner circle here. I know it's going to be a pick I might regret tonight, but the hell with it. Yeah, no, I'm going with the inner circle as well, especially based off of what happened on uh, on uh, 
rampant dynamite, I should say, with with yep. them, uh, with to, uh, America's top team and men of the year attacking them, and Dan Laver humiliating Jericho is going to be a revenge factor. And again, this is the typical booking move you make, but AEW is anything but typical when it comes to his booking. So yep. it could be they could go the other way and have the heels win this one, but I feel like the inner circle wins this one. And I had America's top team winning until okay. Thursday morning when I watched Dynamite. Then my pick changed the inner circle based on that one thing. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. But yeah, I'm going with the inner circle as well. Now, let's talk about the matches that have something at stake. First, we're going to talk about the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament Final. Miro and Brian Daniels. Now, Brian Daniels said this in some pieces that were played throughout that, that built to this match for, for full gear that he has never beaten Miro. You know, in his WWE run, he never really had much success against uh, Rusev. So now, but now you have a different beast. You have the man who's now being called God's forsaken champion, who wants to become God's favorite champion again. And the only way he can do that is to win this tournament. Brian Danielson was pretty much an odds-on favorite to win this tournament, and he has gotten this far. This was probably supposed to be Brian Danielson versus John Moxley, but of course we know Moxley is currently in inpatient alcohol treatment and is taking leave of absence from AEW. So I pick Brian Danielson still. I think Brian Danielson wins this to set up a world championship match either against Hangman Page, which when you hear our pick, you'll, you'll see why I'm saying this. Hangman Page or maybe a rematch with Kenny Omega for the title. Who knows? But Brian Danielson for the win. Seth, how about you? Ouch. Two submission specialists are going to be featured here. Now, God's Forsaken Champion is ready for a rebound after losing the TNT Championship. And he's wondering, why is God forsaken him? He's got inserted here because of Moxley going to rehab. As we said, he's taken some time off in patient rehab. Whatnot. Brian Danielson has been on a tear, so he gets a title shot. Champ, I'm going with Miro. What? What? Yes, I am going with God's forsaken champion for one reason and that's because of who wins in the main event tonight that's interesting that's an interesting pick right there so we're we're, we actually are different that's the only one we differ on so far nope hold on wait let me double check the record here our computer of record yeah so far i think that's the only one yeah that's the only one we differ on so there you go yeah, because we both picked Sheeta and Rosa. We both yeah. picked uh, no. Cage and Jurassic um, Express. You, no, I've got the Super Click, so it's two that we differ on. Oh, so you got the Super Click? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. okay. 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 All right. So now we go from that to the AEW World Tag Team Championships. That would be the right. Lucha Brothers, the current champions, going up against the Triple A Tag Team Champions, FTR. This has been brewing for weeks. FTR, of course, as you know, came out in those Lucha masks and those Lucha outfits to steal the titles from the AAA tag titles from the Lucha Brothers. They've been back and forth, a lot of stuff. And then Dax just had a really good matchup with Pac this past Wednesday on Dynamite, which we'll talk, touch on in the week in review. But I look at this matchup, and it's not the, it's not 
the time for FTR to be two-time AEW World Tag Team Champions here. I think one thing I've noticed about AEW is that these world title belts, they get long title runs with multiple defenses. They don't tend to have them hold on to belts for a very short time, and they just won them at all out, all in, all out, I should say, in September, oh, wow. in, like, in like August. So I don't think it's time yet. I think they get one more month, maybe, and then they might lose them to someone else. But this is not the time. Lucha Brothers retain. So. Yeah, and as much as I would love to see FTR become double champions because they're right now the current AAA tag team champions, I don't see this happening quite yet. I think the Lucha Bros still have a lot of mileage left as champions, and therefore, I think and believe they will retain, thus denying FTR the moment to become the first two-time tag team champions in AEW. Yes, indeed. And then we go to the AEW Women's World Championship. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Of course, you know Rebel and Jamie Hayter are probably going to be hanging around. They're going to be going, she's going to be going up against and defending her championship against Ty Conti. Ty Conti. Thank you, Call Tarlick, for that one. That was dope. Um, she's going yeah, against Ty Conti. And this is going to be, this is another match right here that's very, very interesting because you have Ty Conti, who's been just like on a absolute roll. She's the number one ranked uh, woman in, in AEW. But as I said, they tend to have lengthy title runs with their world championships. And Britt's only had, this is only her third defense of this championship. I don't think she's losing it. I'm picking DMD to retain. But I think this is going to be a really, really, really good match. And the women are really, really, really going to just just shine and elevate here as the only women's match on the main card. Sith, how do you feel about this one? As much as we love Taikanti. The time has come to realize that deep down, this is not going to be the time that Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, is going to lose the AEW Women's Championship. No way, no how. The person who will dethrone her will be Thunder Rosa, and that probably won't happen until Revolution in late February, early March. Your winner tonight and still AEW Women's Champion is Dr. Britt Baker, D-M-D. Yeah, I, I agree. And then we go to our main event. Over a year in the making, Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion, defending his championship against Hangman Adam Page. We have been waiting for this for the longest time, and now we are finally getting it. And... Sith, I'm going to let you go ahead and go first with how, your pick on who will come out as the world champion. All right. A story that's been two years in the making here. One of AEW's biggest strengths is to have long-term storytelling. And this has been solid in their cap, okay? This goes back to being the elite, okay? Then through all of that, then Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page being tag team champions, then losing the title, then breaking up, and Omega turning heel. The call on this winner is something that is a year in the making, as Champ said, and we've seen twists and turns here big tonight. Your winner tonight and new 
AEW World Champion, Hangman Adam Page. Yep, I, I agree. I agree as well. I agree that it's going to be Hangman Page. They built this so much, and now you know there's no like there's no way you don't pull the trigger and put the belt on him. Uh, Kenny Omega's had that belt for almost 365 days. It would have been that if it makes, reaches December, but it won't. It will be Hangman Page that will finally hoist the AEW World Championship, thus setting up in my eyes a matchup between. Hangman Page and Daniel Bryan, which I think would be absolutely spectacular. But it makes sense for Sis pick of Miro in the Eliminator Tournament Finals because you want to see a face versus heel matchup. But I think every now and again, a face versus face matchup for the world title is, is it would be intriguing. We don't get enough of that in wrestling. So that's why I think it'll be Daniel Bryan versus Hangman Page somewhere down the line, maybe Revolution or maybe a special Dynamite. Uh, maybe the Dynamite when they move to TBS, something like that. Who knows? But I'm picking Hemming Page. All right, now let's talk about our preliminary grades here. And, I mean, it's hard for me to not give this a preliminary grade of an A or higher. It's really hard for me to do that because this card is stacked solid. And every match on the main card has something behind it, has a story behind it, has angles behind it has emotions behind it. There are things at stake like championships or earning a championship opportunity. So it's kind of hard to not give it a preliminary grade of an A or better. But I am going to say that the preliminary grade for me will be a B plus. Only reason why I say a B plus, and Sif actually alluded to this earlier, that Minnesota, that Minneapolis street fight can be a bit dodgy because you have three Yes, three non-wrestlers involved in this. Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky, and Dan Lambert are not trained wrestlers. So, well, Junior Dos Santos, I think, is a bit trained, but I don't know about Arlovsky or Dan Lambert. So, there may be some spots in there that they may not be able to take, and if they try to take it, it might look a little awkward. So, that match is kind of dodgy to me. And then Rhodes and Pac versus Black and Andrade it's only a little bit shaky because the story just literally just, they basically melded two different rivalries into this one match, right? And so that's a, that's a bit of an iffy one as well for me. So my preliminary grade is a B plus. And by the way, our predictions are officially on our Facebook page. So please put your predictions on our Facebook page for this one. Absolutely. Now, um, top to bottom, this card is stacked, no doubt. No matter how you shake it out, it's a top to bottom stacked card. But my question, as I said, is that Minneapolis Street Fight. You've got only two professional wrestlers that are involved here. You have two guys from MMA and, you know, you know, you've got Dan Lambert. Okay, I... I question how this could be quality wise because it's a street fight and i think it could backfire possibly as creepy matches like that in AEW have had spots to make you go whoa we need to stop the match maybe but also i hope that since tony lips for our pay-per-views he said that in the call the other day this doesn't feel like it'll drag out in histories on AEW's side as far as that because every pay-per-view when you add in the buy-in it's been four hours over and he doesn't have that dragging feeling Going into B-plus here for a preliminary grade, and I hope this will actually mesh out tonight. And as I just said, 
it's right here it's on our facebook page so there you go we're good to go all right so that's it for our preview of aew full gear 2021 and again uh the live stream will start about 7 25 ish eastern standard time tonight and then sith will be on here and he will be giving his musings and reactions to the card and i will be hanging out in the chat talking with everybody making sure everybody's behaving themselves and producing as well uh because once the event's done i want to be able to just go right off to sleep so that way i can get up in the morning and go and spend some time with my with my son so there you go uh so yeah with that being said by the before we get into our weekend review uh one other thing i didn't mention uh, in the opener, because we're I was so laser focused on getting this done, is that um, so last night, me, me, the wifey, and Junior, we went to uh, this nice little lights display uh, thing that have they have set up at Bull Run in Manassas, Virginia. And let me tell you something, it was absolutely awesome to watch. I've never been to anything like that ever in my life, you know, weird days since I have a seven-year-old son, but I've never been to anything like that before in my so just driving through there and just seeing all the nice lights and junior being so excited and lit up about it and watching it it was really fun it was a lot of fun the only downside was it was cold as crap and i didn't have a jacket i basically had a long sleeve shirt on and some jeans and i was freezing bro so but it was it was fun though it was fun junior had a blast and everything like that so if you have anything like that in your towns and you have children, even if you don't have children of your own, but if you have like younger nieces and nephews and stuff like that, make a point to go and check something like that out. I'm telling you, the kiddies, the kids will absolutely love it. I'll absolutely love it. For those in the RVA that are listening, odds are next to King's Dominion, they might have that light show again this year during the holiday season where you tune your cartoon radio, your radio tuner to a certain radio station, and you just go through this whole thing of lights, literally. It is wild. It really is. That sounds awesome, dude. So there you go. Like, if you have anything like that in your towns, make sure you go take your, your younger siblings or younger ki- your kids or your nieces, nephews, what have you, cousins. Take them and take them to that. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. What's up, Sexy Panda? How you doing, my friend? Panda's in the Thank house. Yes, indeed. Sexy Panda throwing up the two sweet. Appreciate you. Um, yep. So now it's time to talk about the week in review. Now, of course, this week with AEW, the focus was on, is, was on full gear this past uh, that's coming up tonight as we are recording this, as well as WWE, you know, they're starting to build towards Survivor Series and things of that nature. Impact is building towards Turning Point, which is coming up in uh, a week's time. I think it's next Saturday, uh, Turning Point. It's next Saturday on Impact Plus. Yep, so we got that. Um, And then we have NXT and their, you know, continued fallout from what happened at Halloween Havoc. Uh, as they build towards, they've announced that they're bringing back war games for NXT, but it's not called TakeOver War Games. It's just called NXT War Games. So there you go. So let's begin the week as we always do with Monday Night Raw. And, of course, Monday Night Raw was focused and centered around the whole situation with what happened with Kevin Owens and Biggie and Seth and the fact that KO and Seth were going to be in a match, which ended up being the main event. So it was a lot around that. There was also 
a major change made to the Raw Survivor Series team. We'll talk about that. And also, the women's uh, Raw Survivor Series team all fought each other to see who would be next in line to challenge Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. So let's get this thing started. Uh, let's talk about the way the show opened with good old Steph coming out in one of his wild-ass suits with his contract in his hand, just dancing and strutting along and talking his trash about KO, talking about how KO's a liar, all this other stuff, talking, talking, talking before KO chased him out. Chased him out of there. Now, there are matches later on, but this is what this is what set the tone. Uh, you also had other parts in the show where KO was talking to other members of the locker room to say, you know, hey, I'm a different person. You agree, right? This and the third, including that interaction he had with Kate, with, with, with um, Truth, which was funny as hell. But, Seth, this opening segment with Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, push or bury? Push. I mean, come on. Yeah. Rollins is one of the greatest talkers in pro wrestling today, if not the greatest. The man tells a compelling story. You know, champ, Rollins' suits are so loud. They make Rod Roddy from The Price is Right back in the day look kind of tame suit-wise. Even yes. Brother Love suits weren't this loud. Yeah, no, Seth's drip is Seth's drip is built different. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, you definitely push it. Seth Rollins, you put it you put I Seth is one of those guys that he's better as a heel than he is as a face. It's clear as day. Facts. He is better as a face as a heel than he is as a face. And he is really showing that here and really stoking the flames here. So great way to start off the show, really like putting the emphasis on that main event match. Uh next. So, the Mysterios come out to the ring, and they're met by Adam Pearce. And Adam Pearce says, hey, you know, everybody on the team has been a former WWE champion. Except for you, Don. But you're still on the team if you can beat this man. And then we get the epic intro, and Bobby Lashley comes out and just beats the living shit out of this kid. Beats the shit out of him. Hits him with a spear. Doesn't pin him. Had him in the hurt lock. Let him go. Beat him up some more. He even beat up Ray Mysterio, for Christ's sake. Then he finally put him in the hurt lock and got him to tap out. Bobby Lashley is now on the Raw Survivor Series team. Dom is out. Oh, and by the way, MVP back, by the way. So there you go. We got MVP back. But Bobby Lashley is now on the Survivor Series team for the Raw side. Sith. Dom Mysterio versus Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Push or bury. <laughs> damn it. Uh, you would think that after leaking out the lineups online, yeah, they leaked them online. They, the WWE would try to keep things there, but nah, of course not. We had this match here. Push. Because it makes Team Raw even stronger. But damn, this last-minute booking charade to get a pay-per-view going, it's going to make this pay-per-view a chore next Sunday. Well, technically, they, the, 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 the things weren't leaked. WWE released them on their social yeah, media them. instead of doing qualifying matches like they used to. But then they've turned around and made this booking decision of saying, okay, we don't want Dom on there. Get Bobby in there, whatever. I'm pushing this as well because, again, it just shows you how powerful and dominant Bobby Lashley is. And it's just... You know, it, it it was a weird way to, like, alter the team instead of just announcing Bobby straight away. But, I, you know, it is what it is, and you want to showcase that. So, there you go. So, I'm yeah. pushing this as well. All right, next, as we talked about, the five women who are going to be a part of Team Raw, 
they were in action in a fatal five-way. That fatal five-way was to determine who was going to be the number one contender for Becky Lynch's Raw Women's Championship. And this was a, actually a really, really good match, actually. Really, really good match. You had you had Sasha Banks, not Sasha Banks, uh, Bianca Belair. You had Liv Morgan. You had Queen Zelina. You had Carmella. And you had Rhea Ripley. And again, really, really good match. And it, they gave them time, too, which was awesome. Because you would think with a match like this, where it's one fall to a finish, that this match wouldn't have gone too long. But it actually went very, very long. And I think they had okay. at least one or two commercial breaks through this matchup. And in the end, it was Liv Morgan, of all people, who got the pinfall victory and became the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. They're finally pushing Liv Finally, one other notable in this is that Dewdrop apparently turned heel you by attacking. Yeah, I don't know why I use that dumbass oh, name. Piper Nevin turned heel, pulling out Bianca Belair after she nailed the KOD, pulled her out and beat her up. So apparently, Dewdrop is now heel, and Piper Nevin is now heel. And but the Big thing is that Liv Morgan is the number one contender. Sip, this fatal five-way number one contenders match, push or bury? And the irony is that all five people in the, all five contenders in this match are the W are the Raw Women Survivor Series. Can um, it's the Raw Women Survivor Series team? And here we go, WWE, one of their favorite storylines. Can they coexist? You know, it, it happened all the time now it's not just survivor series giving it a push because look morgan is finally getting a push to be the number one contender it's well deserved but having piper nevin turn heel why and the shirt oh my god that's fucking stupid yeah i think uh you know turning that piper was nevin turning piper nevin heel I get the idea behind it. They're like, why does she keep getting title yeah. opportunities? This, that, and the third. I get it, but I don't know if you want to do that, especially because she was still she was still trying to get over as a face, and now you turn her heel. So is she going to be able to generate heat as a heel? But that's my question, and hopefully we'll get that answer sooner rather than later. All right, next we had a huge eight man tag team matchup that saw. RK Bro, the the Raw Tag Team Champions, team with the Street Profits to take on the Dirty Dogs and AJ and almost it was a situation where, you know, even before the match, Randy was like, you know, you know, Randy's typical Randy. Here's what it is. Uh, but there was also some dissension between AJ and almost and the Dirty Dogs before they were able to turn things around and start the team together. Very a lot going on in this matchup, which saw the ending where there was more decision on the heel side. And typically, when you see that kind of decision on the heel side, typically the faces can take advantage and win. But in this case, that did not happen. Dirt, uh, Root, like Ziggler was able to find a way in as a legal man and get the pinball victory to give the heels the victory. And I guess they're gonna. I guess they're pushing the Dirty Dogs as the, as the next team to be able to challenge for the Raw Tag Team Championships again, or maybe our AJ and almost. Who knows? But there are a lot of tag teams on this on this brand now, and there are a lot of challenges for RK Bro. So Seth, this big time eight man tag team match, push or bury? 
push, but again, here we go again. Can they coexist? Uh, WWE creative, I'm talking to you guys. Please do more than can they coexist? Because it's a thread here. We're going to Survivor Series, and I get that. But you book an eight-man tag where you have all this misdirection and dissension among the heel team. Well, can they still coexist to win? After a while, this gets old. Yeah, I think the theme of this night was basically can they coexist? Can they coexist? Can they coexist was the theme for this night, basically. All right, finally, let's look at that main event that we talked about earlier, KO and Seth. Anytime you put KO and Seth in the ring against each other, they make magic. And this was no different. Seth came out and told, because Big E was at ringside, and he told Big E that the, it was a plan all along between him and KO. KO came out they, and jumped them. They fought into the crowd. They went to commercial. They came back. The match was on proper, and they put on a hell of a matchup. Then we got the finish where Seth did a nice little okey-doke. He went left. And so, you know, Big E had to move over so he didn't get in his way, but then he got in the Kev's way, and Kev ended up getting counted out. And the finish made a lot of sense because of what happened after the match where KO finally just snapped and just beat the living crap out of Big E, hitting him with the apron bomb, just beating him up and just yelling and carrying on. KO finally snapped. And now it looks like Big E will have to contend with not only Seth Rollins, who is the next challenger for his title, but also has to deal with KO on Raw. And by the way, Big E has to face Roman Reigns at Survivor Series, by the way. So just putting that out there. But our main event of KO versus Seth Rollins, plus what happened after the match, push or bury Seth? Push, but how dare you not call Roman Reigns our tribal chief? I will call him that later. Okay, you know, look, look, that's not bad. The only real eyesore of the night was that 24-7 garbage. Oh, my God. But this was a good way to cap off an average Raw. And it's like what Champ and I have said time and again. When Raw is consistently average, we're good. When they're consistently good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. This was average. But the main event and post-match was sick. Yeah. So let's see here. Biggie, you've got Kevin Owens. You've got Seth Rollins. And you've got my tribal chief, James Tribal Chief, all of our tribal chief. All looking at you. You okay? <laughs> we'll see if he's if he's gonna be okay. Um like like Sis said, other things that happened on this episode of Raw, like he said, it was that twenty four seven nonsense where Reggie lost the title to Drake Maverick, then Drake Maverick lost it to Tazawa, then Tazawa lost it to Corey fucking Grays, and then Corey Grays lost it to fucking uh Byron fucking Saxton, and then Byron Saxton lost it back to fucking Reggie, and Reggie still ended up walking out with the damn championship. So there you go. And also, was Biggie wasn't, and then Biggie was in action uh, on the night he faced Chad Gable, which was a pretty solid matchup, and yeah. he was able to get the vic the big victory over uh, Chad Gable, but it was a solid matchup. So that was raw for this week. Uh, like like Seth said, it was average at best, but you uh, know. It wasn't as go. It wasn't the go home show. So they still have a week. They have next week to really 
bring something strong before they go to Survivor Series and Barclays. Otherwise, they're going to really not have a lot of people watching Survivor Series on Sunday, the 21st. Go ahead. Watch them, but that's about it. Yep. All right. Let's talk about Dark Elevation. Dark Elevation was a really was a really good show this week. Um, it was. I, I, I enjoyed watching it. It was really good. It had a lot of matches and a lot of a lot of action. Like I will be honest, between Dark Elevation and Dark, it was really hard to pick five things that I enjoyed from it because they were all so enjoyable. I mean, you had six matches from AEW Dark Elevation and then you had fifteen mm-hmm. for Dark. And of course, you know what that means. It's now time for our time check of this week's episodes of Dark and Dark Elevation. It is our first stat of the day. Start of the day! Start of the day! Start of the day! Start of the day! Here comes the start of the day! We got a treat this week, guys, because this week's episode of Dark Elevation had a runtime of those six matches of 47 minutes and 28 seconds. While a very loaded edition of AEW Dark with 15 matches went on almost two hours. One hour, 50 minutes, and eight seconds. So we got over two hours of Dark matches this week from AEW. That is awesome. That's what we love to see. Mm-hmm. And that is your stat of the day. Start of the day! Start of the day! Start of the day! Start of the day! And we begin our breakdown of AEW Dark Elevation by talking about a very, very, very fun tag team match. Six man, eight man tag team match, I should say. Because you had the Dark Order. Join the Dark Order. In action. They went up against 2.0 and the acclaimed. And of course, you can't start an acclaimed match without talking about that diss track. Max Caster, you cheeky little bugger. I'm telling you, that dude is something else. I'll tell you. So after he dissed the Dark Order, they get in and they have themselves a nice little wrestling. They have a nice little wrestling match. Nice little eight-man tag team wrestling match. And it was really fun. I, I had a lot of fun watching this. I'm always going to have fun watching uh, tag matches since I'm a, such a big fan of tag team matches. And this one was another uh, a big fun one. Even if it was eight-man, it was still fun. Uh, the win went to the Dark Order after they hit that nice little combination of moves uh, on poor Parker, and they got the victory as a, as a, a, a quad, if you want to call it that. And yeah. there you go, their quad. So there you go. So Sith, the Dark Order versus the Acclaimed and 2.0 plus Max Cast's little rap beforehand. How do you feel about it? Push or bury? All right. It, it doesn't matter who writes the diss track. Max still got a lot of bars. Let's get that out of the way right now. All right? Whoever says that Max Caster doesn't have any bars, you don't know freestyle raps like this. Just stay in your lane. All right? Get it? Got it? Good. Um, pushing both that and the main event together. Um, love eight-man tag team events on Dark and Dark Elevation, and it delivered. It really did deliver. I enjoyed it a lot, and I'm always going to enjoy Caster's uh, diss tracks. Some of them may not hit the mark, but they still kind of hit the mark, which if that makes any kind of sense. But yep. still, still good. It's you know that's something I hope they they never take away from the acclaim when they make their entrances. Hopefully, 
Max can stay away from the really controversial stuff and they can continue to do that. Yeah. Uh, next, we had ourselves a very hard-hitting tag team matchup as the Hardy family offices, Butcher and the Blade teamed up and they had the bunny with them. And they went up against Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Yuta of Best Friends. Now, there's still all this talk that there's a possibility that the Best Friends, uh, most notably Wheeler Yuta, Chris Statlander, and Orange Cassidy, might be joining New Japan's Chaos, which that will be funny as hell, I'll tell you that much. Because, I mean, Trent and Chuck Taylor are already part of Chaos. They were part of Chaos when they were in Japan, so they're already in. But that would be funny to see the other three in. But... This was a hard-hitting matchup. Back and forth they go. It was really fun to watch. Uh, in the end, the big, big, big butch, they end up hitting the victory, getting the victory with drag the leg. They pinned really Yuta and got the victory. Big, big uh, big win for the butcher and the blade. Hopefully they'll be back in the title, con um, title hunt pretty soon. So the butcher and the blade versus best friends in tag team action. Seth, push or bury? Uh, push. This was a really good tag team match to build on here. The rivalry continues. And, and if by chance they best friends join Chaos, I'm going to be conflicted because who's Chaos rivals with Champ? Bullet Club. Yep. I'm going to be conflicted. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that and everything like that. So next... Uh, one of our women's matches that we had on the card, we had Riho going one-on-one -on -one with Tusi Lin. And Tusi Lin was not messing about when it came to this match. No. She took the fight to Riho, but Riho, being the veteran that she is, having been in this business since she was a child, knowing how to handle uh, adversity, knowing how to handle the pressure, and being able to get the victory with the fine foot, double foot stomps to get the pinfall victory and earn her 20th victory in AEW. So great job, Riho. Not, like, it was a really good performance from the first AEW Women's World Champion. So, Seth, Riho versus Tutti Lynn. You pushing or are you burying this one? Push, and I want to see more of Tutti Lynn. I mean, Tutti Lynn, there are very few people that you can look at on Dark immediately and go, that one. Yeah, that's how I was with uh, Layla Hurst. Though I'm sad yep. I haven't seen much of Layla Hurst recently, but I'm hoping that she'll pop back up and she'll start doing some things again because I had a lot of a lot of uh, high hopes on Layla, on Layla Hurst being really really good in AEW. All right, we had another women's match. We had a women's tag match. We had Nyla Rose and Emi Sakura once again teaming together, but this time it was against good old Ruby Soho. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Soho. And Rio Mizunami. And this was a very entertaining tag match. It was really fun to watch. And, you know, one of the things that I, I like with Dark, you know, one of the things that I've accepted with Dark is that they do a lot. It, things happen so fast and the matches are fast. But it was really, this was a really good matchup. Uh, Ruby was able to get the victory with the no future kick. And then after the match, we had a little bit of a, a little bit of a kerfuffle as you know Nala Rose went after Rio. Uh, they jumped uh, Soho from behind, and they were getting ready to really bring the pain to her. But then Chris Statlander ran out to make the save, and it's funny because of course Chris Statlander and Rio and Ruby Soho are going to face each other in the TBS tournament. So Sith, this tag match, 
between Nyla Rose and Emi Sakura versus Ruby Soho and Re- and Rio Mizunami. You push or bury? You push it easily along with this match because it helps with the development of the women's division and it helps develop more stories along the line for the TBS Championship Tournament as well. And you need to have both working together and they both worked here. Absolutely. They both did work here. And then finally, uh, we had ourselves a nice little unique matchup between Matt Hardy and Dean Alexander. And this one stood out to me because Dean Alexander was just not with the, with the bullshit today. He was not going to just lay down for, for money, big money, Matt Hardy. He went after Hardy. Uh, yep. Hardy, of course, being the veteran that he is, was able to withstand it. He was able to lock in the leash to make uh, Alexander tap out, and Matt Hardy earns yet another victory, his 26th victory in AEW. Awesome, awesome match. Good back and forth. Dean Alexander made a great showing of himself against a, a, a well-known veteran in money, Matt, big money Matt Hardy. Sith, this match, Matt Hardy versus Dean Alexander, how about this? You pushing or are you burying this one? You push. Big Money Man and Dean really put on a good match here. And it backed up the talk, if you will, because, you know, Big Money Man's got the gift of the gap. Um, I really like this gimmick from Matt because, as we've said here in the past, the broken gimmick when he arrived in AEW was in need of the fans and not the pandemic where you had just fans in pods, basically. You didn't have a wide audience for it. Yeah, yeah, I think that when he debuted in AEW in early 2020, when the pandemic caused uh, wrestling companies to basically go behind closed doors to continue shows and stuff like that, it really hurt him. And only when the fans came back in small doses, it just showed that the, the broken character was just not it. And going to this big money thing has been absolutely a, a refresher for his career. So uh-huh. there you go. Uh, so that was it for AEW Dark Elevation. And again, six matches and o- almost went 45 minutes. That's absolutely awesome that you get that kind of production from six matches and that kind of runtime from six matches. So good job, AEW. Great job with that one. Uh, now we move on to Dark, which was absolutely, was, uh, I believe this was also filmed on location, not at Orlando, but um, on the road. So you got a big crowd. And you had some really big banger banger matches here. Uh, so the first matchup to talk about was the main event. Uh, because, of course, you had Christian Cage, along with the Jurassic Express, going up against the Hardy family office in the trios match. That would be Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, and The Blade. Again, you get all six of these men in here, and it's absolutely just a fun match to watch. It was all over the place, back and forth. Christian Cage getting in some offense. The Hardy family office with the offense. Jurassic Express with the offense. A lot of high fly, a lot of this, a lot of that, all this stuff. Uh, it ended when Blade tapped out to the stair trap from Jungle Boy, and they stood tall at the end of the night as the victors, Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. And that's setting them up, as you know, they have that uh, no uh, false count anywhere match with the Super Click tonight. So, Sith, the, U- the HFO versus Jurassic Express and Christian Cage, push or bury? Uh, push. What a main event here. It's not a five-star match, but it's one that I thoroughly enjoyed from start to finish. Yeah, no, I actually, I absolutely enjoyed it as well. It was fun to watch, and um, I, w- I would, I would want to watch that again. Honestly, to be, I'll just be completely honest, I would want to watch that again. Uh, next, we had some trios action, and it was none other than the Dark Order 
the Dark Order were um, in action against the Gun Club, who are undefeated in trios action. Never, they have never lost in trios action yet, and it might it looked a little bleak here in this matchup against the Dark Order. I mean, the Dark Order are just so good as a trio. You could put any three of them in a trio, and they mesh well together. That's how good of a of a team, and that's how good of a faction and a stable that they are. That you could take any three of the Dark Order and put them in, and they will go out there and deliver. This combination was Evil Uno, Colt Cabana, and Alex Reynolds, and it was a really good back and forth matchup. Uh, but in the end, it was a nice little. Um, Nice little roll-up with the use of ropes by Austin Gunn to gain the victory and continue to keep Gun Club undefeated in trios. They are 17-0 as a trio in AEW. And we keep saying it here. Yeah, we keep saying it here. If you're going to have trios championships, they got to be your first champions because they have not lost as a trio ever. And now they're heels, so that will make it even more intriguing. So, Sith... Dark Order versus Gun Club, push or bury? Push. This was a solid way to open up the dark before full gear. Lots of great action, lots of good chemistry, lots of good storytelling. You push it. Same. Yeah, you definitely push this. And then you also, I feel like you push this match as well. Uh, Too Fast, Too Fuego versus The Factory. Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado. Cody Rhodes is having way too much fucking fun being Fuego too. He's had yeah. way too much fun. But you know what? I'm not mad at it, though, because not only is he having fun with this, but it's also continuing to get Fuego over as well. I mean, Fuego got so over during the pandemic, and now with crowds back, he comes out and he gets the big pops. And now you have this this little tag team with Too Fast, Too Fuego, and it was great. Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado are such talented wrestlers, especially Aaron Solo. Uh, formerly known as Mrs. Bailey, <laughs> Mr. Bailey. Um, but this is a really good matchup. A lot of, you know, comedy spots here, but a lot of really good, like, technical wrestling and things like that. Uh, the end saw uh, the Tornado DDT, assisted Tornado DDT on uh, Solo from Del, from Fuego Del Sol to get the victory. And Too Fast, Too Fuego are now 2-0 and as a tag team. So, Sith, Too Fast, Too Fuego versus The Factory. Push or Barry? You push. Um, it's a good match here. I really want to see Fuego get more wins in singles action as well, but Fuego too is helping with getting Fuego Del Sol over. Um, so there you go. It's a win-win, yep. but you're right. Cody's having too much fun with us. Yeah, he's having a blast with this one. All right, next, we had a very, very, very good singles match on this uh, night with Frankie Kazarian, the veteran, going up against Dante Martin. Of course, Dante Martin had Leo Rush at ringside. Really good matchup. Of course, you know, it's a lot of technical wrestling from Frankie, the old dog showing this young lion how, how it's done in the wrestling ring. Of course, Dante does shows off his speed, agility, and that amazing leaping ability throughout this matchup. But I think the most... The most telling thing from this match was when um, Kazarian locked in the crossface, the crossface chicken wing. He went backwards, and Leo Rush tripped Kazarian. And Kazarian was like, what is that all about? 
and it led to him being distracted. Dante was able to hit the double springboard moonsault and get the victory. Then after the match, Kazarian was telling Dante, hey, don't trust this dude right here, man. He tripped me, da 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 So, you know, building those seeds there, and then what happened on Dynamite, I mean, not Dynamite, on Rampage last night, Rampage. he was building more seeds there. So there you go. Frankie Kazarian versus Dante Martin, Sith. What do you say? Push or bury? Push. Easily. Um, Kazarian, when he's not hunting the elite, has been focused on putting over the younger talent to get them ready to take over the business. And it, you know I'm going to push anything with Dante Martin in it. So there you go. Yeah, Dante really, really just absolutely was just class in this one. And, you know, they're really building up on that story that, you know, he can't he really trust Leo Rush. Can he really Damn. believe in Leo Rush, you know? All right, next, we had ourselves, or lastly, we had ourselves a big six-woman tag team match. We had none other than Thunder Rosa, Rio Mizunami, and Chris Statlander. They went up against Emi Sakura, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel. And, again, this is another one of those back-and-forth women's matches. A lot's going on. No one keeps, like, really sustained offense for too long. And it saw the victory where Thunder Rosa was able to drop uh, the fire thunder, hit the fire thunder driver to Rebel and get the pinfall victory. Then after the match, uh, the heel team starts to get the beat up on Statlander and the crew. And then next thing you know, Ruby Soho comes out to make the save. She has a lead pipe, and she goes to hit one of the heels. They get out the way, and she almost nails Chris Statlander, adding more intrigue to their quarterfinal match in the TBS tournament. So, Seth, this six-woman tag team match, push or bury? Bush, God damn it, this was a good match here for the trios. Uh, AEW has done a really good job with the trios matches, and this was no different. Post-match added a really good wrinkle to it when Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho showed up to make the save. Just overall greatness there. Yes, indeed. And a couple of honorable mentions on this night, because remember, it was 15 freaking matches. Yeah. Uh, a couple of honorable mentions, uh, Lee, Moriarty, um, Lee Moriarty and Matt Seidel, their victory uh, over 2.0, which mm-hmm. was a really fun match. Uh, QT Marshall and Darby Allen was really good as well. So those were a couple other ones that really stood out and were really fun to watch as well. Uh, matter of fact, Darby Allen QT was actually the semifinal before that six-man uh that six-man main event that we talked about with dark with uh, HFO and Jurassic Express and Christian, so a really really fun solid night of 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 AEW Dark, and if they continue to do things like this, even if they don't have 15, 16, 17 matches, but if they put on matches that have bring out that like either TV and or pay-per-view quality, they're going to continue to bring people in who may not have cable, but can want to still want to follow AEW by watching because it's on YouTube. So there you go. All right. We keeping it moving here. It's time to talk about NXT 2.0. Oh. And, I mean, it's still more fallout from Halloween Havoc. Of course, you know, we have Toxic Attraction running around. They own the women's division now with Mandy Rose being the women's champion. And the women's tag champions being J- uh, JCJ and Gigi Dolan. So let's talk about it, shall we? Thanks. Let's talk about it. All right. So, first off, Toxic Attraction actually opened the show. 
they had themselves a nice little they had themselves a nice little uh eight six woman tag match on the opposite side was none other than eo shirai casey catanzaro and kaden carter nice little back and forth match between these two it was really really fun it was good to see it's good to see that there are potential challengers for those women's champions those women's championships at toxic attraction hole but on this night, it was Toxic Attraction. Who did get the victory? They were able to get the pinfall victory, and they were able to do that. But then I think the most the most interesting part about this match was as Toxic Attraction were leaving, as they were leaving, they got approached by a certain Scottish psychopathic woman. Yes. Named Kaylee Ray. The forever champion. The forever champion. It looks like there may be another challenger for that championship, but it might be the forever champion, the woman who is in the record books as the longest reigning NXT UK women's champion in history. But aside from that, Sith, the Toxic Attraction versus EEO, Casey, and Caden's six-woman tag match that opened the show. Pusha Berry. Plus, this is one of my high points tonight right here. Really good trios match. And the goal was to get Toxic Attraction over even more. And it worked here. Nothing against Cantazaro, Carter, or Shirai. They were taking the L, but the match was solid. Yes, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And it re- and the result was, was the best result because you're presenting Toxic Attraction as a team, that as, as a group, a stable a faction that is owning the women's division. You don't want them to, um, uh, a week, two weeks after taking all the championships and then come out and losing right off the break. So good result, good way to keep the, to continue to present them as the, the, the team that's the, the, as the team, as the women, right? So there you go. All right. This name is weird. Jacket time. For those of you who don't know who Jacket Time is, <laughs> Jacket Time is, <laughs> oh my God, is uh, Ikamanjiro and Kushida. They are both, uh, yeah, they, they call themselves Jacket Time, right? And they went up against the Creed Brothers, and it was, it was a pretty good match. It was a pretty good match. It was, not, you know, nothing to write home about. It was pretty good. Um, I don't know why. WWE is treating one of the greatest New Japan Junior Heavyweights like this. I don't know. But whatever. But I like the fact that 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 the Creed brothers were able to uh, get the victory. Again, you want them to keep looking strong. It was a big slip-up uh, booking-wise that they started up undefeated in their first two matches, and then they, went, they had to run up against Imperium and lose. Uh, but this is this is a good way to rebound. They've been rebounding ever since. So Sith, name aside, Jacket Time versus the Creed Brothers. You push or bury? Push. Really solid tag team match, despite Kevin Dunn's name. Jacket Time, I think it was Kevin Dunn that came up with that name, because you know he doesn't like wrestling. He's about entertainment. He's working in NXT 2.0 now, so you can see the correlation there. And Diamond Mine continues to thrive. I really think we're seeing Malcolm Bevins, Bevins finally have a strong stable here. Yep, exactly, exactly. But um, it it was again solid tag team match. I just don't know why they come up with these dumbass names for these wrestlers. And I'm still, I think I'm they're still... trying to turn NXT two slowly into Raw, and if that happens, 
God help us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next, we had ourselves a very, very interesting triple threat match that came out of basically a backstage segment. Uh, Solo Sikoa decided he was going to challenge both L.A. Knight and Grayson Waller, who continue to just argue with each other. And they went out in a triple threat match, and it was really good. Soa Sikoa got made to be looked really, really good and, like, almost unstoppable in this matchup. But a lot of it was mostly Grayson Waller and L.A. Knight. But it's and but Soa Sikoa looked the strongest and ended up getting the victory, which I like because, again, he's a new young kid. He's trying to, you know, separate himself from, that Uso, from the Usos because he is their brother. So, good, strong performance here. So, Sif, this triple threat match, you pushing or you burying this one, sir? Push. Um, fun triple threat here as these guys put on a solid performance. I know a lot of people are overlooking Sika because he's directly related to the bloodline. But all things in good time. People need to be patient. Right now, Sola Sikola, Sikola is over here trying to build what he wants to do. So stop calling him, you know, part of the, yes, he is a part of the bloodline in real life, but let him work over here in NXT. Then eventually we'll see if he crosses over and joins his brothers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely push this one here. Uh, next, we as we mentioned earlier on, after Toxic Attraction were successful in their victory in a six-woman tag match that opened the show, KLR made her entrance as they were leaving. So before I talk about this match, I just found that to be a really weird production thing that those girls won and then they stayed out on the rampway and they literally stayed out on the rampway through the entire commercial, through the entirety of like, I think it was a recap or something before then KLR came out for her match. And I was just like, I think it was during commercial break. And I was just like, that's weird. Like they just literally stood there for like five minutes and then all that for KLR to make her interest and like look at them and then go on and face Saray. That was weird. But anyway, aside from that, KLR versus Saray. And this is what I mentioned to Sid during pre-production. I said that this match I, I had on my radar because I wanted to see how her in-ring presentation would match the type of promo she's been doing where she's been smashing shit and being psychotic mm -hmm. and things like that. And it matched. Poor yep. Saray, though. I, I hate this for Saray because Saray is such a talented and well-known uh, women's Japanese star. Uh, she made her name in Japan and everything like that. Now she's here at WWE basically getting basically pwned by the forever champion. But it's a way to present KLR as this woman who's different from all the other women in the locker room. And that's what I wanted to see from this. So, Sith, KLR versus Saray. You push or you bury? Come on, dog. Come on. Gotta push this. The only bad thing was changing the name of the Gory Bomb to the KLR Bomb. But other than that, we are good here. Let's go. Absolutely. And then finally, it, it definitely pushed that. And then finally, our main event, after a little bit of a backstage uh, confrontation of Pete Dunn by Carmella Hayes and Trick Williams, we had ourselves a main event match of the North American champion, the self-proclaimed A champion, Carmella Hayes, going up against the bruiserweight Pete Dunn. And what a surprising result of Pete Dunn actually defeating Carmelo Hayes. But it was with a bit of help as uh, Dexter Loomis took out Trick Williams and did uh, Johnny Gargano from under the ring with the gloves on like he was Dexter Loomis distracting Carmelo, leading Melo to meet his, uh, his uh, bitter end. 
and Pete Dunne got the victory. And I think another thing that stood out from this match was when Trick Williams got involved, the crowd started chanting, whoop that trick. And I loved every fucking minute of it. Because if you've seen uh, Hustle and Flow, you know what that means anyway. Mm-hmm. But this is a really good match. And the way that it finishes really sets up uh, to continue the program between Johnny Gargano and Carmella Hayes for that North American Championship. You would have to assume if neither one of those guys are on the War Games teams coming up in December, that they will face off at War Games for that championship. So... Pete Dunn, Carmelo Hayes, main event. Seth, you push or you bury? For those who haven't seen Hustle and Flow, great movie. But that aside, you push the main event. It was very crafty in the post-match blow-off. Good stuff here. Giving us a little bit of a build towards war games. And that's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Push that. Again, Carmelo Hayes is like really pushing this idea that he is the A champion, even though they have a world champion, and that's Tom Oslo Champlain. Mm-hmm. But I like the attitude, I like the bravado, I like everything about it. So definitely push this. Uh, but NXT was really was really was NXT was solid this week. NXT was really solid. Uh, of course, you had the little situation with Erica Erica Lopez trying to get boned by Zion Quinn, ain't she? I'm just saying. I'm just putting that out there right yep. now. She want she because he he look. <laughs> she wants she wants to she wants her some Zion Quinn, my dude. I'm trying to tell you, that was an yep. interesting segment, by the way. Very interesting segment, and also it was a very interesting segment with Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, and Cora J. Because Raquel wants a piece of Dakota Kai, Cora J wants a piece of Dakota Kai, and then she told Raquel told Cora, "Listen, I know you you mad because what she did to you, but." Listen, I'm first. She she started with me, so I'm gonna deal with it. But you you get a piece as well. So there you go. So again, a very solid uh, NXT 2.0. They you know it. You could tell that they're continuing to change the brand up. You get you see a lot more younger stars. You're yeah. seeing a lot more like Joe Gacy and Boa and all those guys. The change in Boa is like really unique. Like. They've really gutted uh, Tian Shan, honestly. Like Lee May, like May Ling Lee is not there. Uh, Zia Lee got called mm-hmm. up to the main roster, and she still hasn't debuted yet. It's weird. It's just very, very weird. Anyway, a lot of things have happened, and it's like this is just the beginning, probably. But anyway, we move on. We move on to Dynamite, and this will be the go home edition of Dynamite as they get ready for full gear and. This was a very this is a solid show from top to bottom it with was. your main event with your main event segment being the contract signing. Your main event match was Pac, I believe it was Pac versus Dax, but you had a lot of good stuff in here. And what else can you say about it? So let's talk about it. First off, we opened the show with Brian Danielson having yet another clinic of a wrestling match. Going up against New Japan Pro Wrestling and Chaos is Rocky Romero, and he had Orange Cassidy in his corner. But again, they're trying. They and another thing about this match is they made a lot of references to Okada, saying you know Okada inviting them into chaos. Okada, Okada, Okada. Now the speculation is that you know with Okada being here in the United States because he's doing that battle in the Valley tonight, and. He'll probably be over here probably for the month of November because he probably has to go back to Japan, Japan. back and be back in time to do the 14-day quarantine and then start the road to Tokyo Dome, go to Wrestle Kingdom tour 
because he's challenging for the World Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom Night 1. So, But I'm pretty sure he's going to be here for at least a couple of weeks. There's a possibility he may show up in AEW and make a, uh, an appearance or something. I mean, he's we'll see. But this was a really good master class of wrestling. Again, Brian Danielson is the consummate technical wrestler. Rocky Romero, the high-flying junior heavyweight. They really mm-hmm. put it down. Really, This is a really great way to open the show. So Danielson versus Romero said, push or bury? Push easily. This opening match was solid. That's good ring chemistry, storytelling. And, you know, if they if the best friends do indeed join chaos, I kind of abandoned them because... Champ knows how I roll. It's going to break my heart, but I'm loyal to the Bullet Club. Yep, 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 absolutely. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Jungle Boy versus Anthony Bones. Now, it's funny. Yeah. We, doing, we did our, When we were doing our pre-production, uh, I actually had down the six-woman tag match uh, as one of the, my five, and Sith, Sith had all the other four, but this was the one we differed on. But we actually went with this. This was his pick for one of the five and I can see why because Jungle Boy versus Anthony Bowens yes. was absolutely a banger and it's, it was pointed out that Anthony Bowens in his last two television matches has absolutely stood out as a star uh, we know mm-hmm. that when he was he went down with injury last year Max Caster went out and stood out as a star in the singles but now he has a sati partner, but he's had singles matches and has absolutely blown it out the water in all of his singles matches. And this was no different. Of course, before uh, before the match, of course, Max Caster had to get his shit off on fucking Jungle Boy. He got his shit off on Jungle Boy, but then it got into the match. It was really, really solid. And again... Um, Jungle Boy was able to get the snare trap for the submission win. Good job for Jungle Boy. But then after the match, Bobby Fish attacked Jungle Boy and was going to really go after him before getting saved. The save was made by Luchasaurus and Christian Cage, but it was set up what we get on Friday night. So, Sip, Anthony Bowens versus Jungle Boy, one-on-one, push or bury? Push easily. Really good work here. Helps things out big time in the post-match scrum with the match here. And Bowens and Caster, it doesn't matter if they're together as the acclaimed or in singles, they're going to put on a really, really solid wrestling match. And with Jungle Boy, we know he's a really good technical wrestler with a high fly, flying style as well. So that worked out. And Champ, mm-hmm. I like Bobby Fish as a mercenary, but yeah. imagine this. Right after War Games, Kyle O'Reilly's contract is up, reportedly. Oop. We'll see. We'll see. Yep. I don't know if there's going to be a reunion of the Undisputed Era, but we could see the reunion of Red Dragon. That's what I'm thinking. That would be dope. All right. Next, we had ourselves... An amazing tag team match. We had Matt Seidel and his new protege, Lee Moriarty, against Leo Rush and his protege, Dante Martin. It was just a clash of two veterans in Seidel and Rush and two young guys on the rise in Moriarty and Dante Martin. And all four of these together made for just an amazing 
amazing high-flying contest. Leo Rush still looks really good. Uh, it's clear that his his call for retirement earlier this year was uh, basically in the moment of emotions and dealing with the injury and stuff like that. But it's clear that he still has that itch to go out there and put on matches and with the lighter schedule that he's having with AEW as well as he already finished up his New Japan obligations it looks like or maybe he still got some more of those but it just looks like he is just so much in you know so much better mindset and it's clear that the wrestling his passion for wrestling is not died down and it showed here and this was a really good match of course um the win went to Martin and Rush with the double springboard moonsaults. Got the victory. What a match. Sith, this tag team match between Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty versus Dante Martin and Leo Rush. Push or bury? Push. And I am praying, praying that Leo Rush stays healthy. Because watching him in action, whether it's single or tag team, is phenomenal. Okay. And this was a wicked tag team match. And note how Rush allowed Martin to get the pin for the win. Good stuff. Absolutely. Very good stuff. Push, push, push. Uh, our main event match. Not our main event all overall, but our main event match uh -huh. was Pac versus Dax Harwood one-on-one. -on -one. And this was fun. I <sighs> really like this one. People all, like, Dax is always going to, be regarded and always hold himself in regard of being a very good tag team wrestler. But when it comes down time for him to get into that ring and scrap so singles, he can go. This match ended with a brutalizer from Pac and Dax in Cafe Town quickly because you don't want to take too much damage when you have a tag team title match literally three days later, right? So do that you do that but then wheeler comes in because Pac wouldn't let go of the hole he comes in he beats him up lights go out there's black and andrade okay so they begin to beat up on Pac. they're like beat on beat up uh, the bastard Pac. then all of a sudden here came cody and the rest and the other baby faces the lucha bros everybody come down get them out of there that's how the segment ends but the match was really good the end segment was okay sith are you pushing or burying this main event match of Pac versus dax Push. What a match here. And you have to believe that this is going deeper down the well. And you get the post match and it develops the story even more. So this is just great. It really is. It was definitely great. And of course, our main event segment was the contract signing between Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. This was fantastic. Because they tapped right into everything yes. that was built from this storyline, from the year, from the year when they became tag champions to losing them to Hangman being taken out of the elite, and then Kenny doing what he does. Everything was tied into and brought to surface in this segment, and then the added touch of saying, you know, what like after Kenny won the Eliminator tournament last year he would go up to Hangman and say, I'm proud, you, like, you did great, I'm proud of you, and then Hangman calling that a lie, that he wasn't proud of him, he was scared of him. And that's why they were friends and all this other stuff. And then the whole shaking of the hand, and then all of a sudden you got Don Callis, the little rat, and a cameraman, being in a cameraman, and then 
freaking beating up Hangman, ended up freaking having the contract signed in blood. All of this, everything about this segment just makes us ex- so excited for this match. So, Sif, our contract signing, push or bury? Push easily. Look, champ, where do the two things in wrestling where Murphy's Law goes into play? Tell me. Well, three things, really. um, Weddings, contract signings, and coronations. You, You pushed us. Because you had to put the hero in question for not getting the W tonight and making Omega strong. This is going to be one hell of a match when it goes down tonight. Oh, my Absolutely. God. Absolutely. I cannot wait for that match. That's going to be a fun match to watch. Uh, and with all the stories behind it, I just, man, oh, man, I can't wait. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Dynamite really did do a great job of its go-home show for full gear. It usually hits it out the park with those, but this go-around, it really they really hit it out the park with this one. A lot of solid matches. And a lot of a lot of advancing storylines and things like that, especially the six woman tag match with Ty's team actually winning and Britt having to walk backwards up the ramp, clutching the women's championship, give you the belief that maybe Ty could do it. So we'll see. All right, we finished on Wednesday and we head to Thursday, which means one thing and one thing only: we had across we had across the pond for our NXT UK report for this week, Sith. What happened on NXT this week, sir? Okay. Mark Andrews had a match against Nathan Frazier. What happened in that match and who won, you'll find out here. Um, Stevie Turner, after the mouth, of course, took on Danny Luna of Subculture. What happened, you'll find out. And what happens when you get Mastiff and Stars, Smith and Carter, Mustache Mountain, and two members of Symbiosis in a number one contenders match. Oh, find out all this and more in the NXT UK report right here, right now. Hello, friends, and welcome to your NXT UK report for this week. We open the show with a singles match in the men's division between Mark Andrews of Subculture taking on Nathan Frazier. This was a fun and exciting way to open things up. And this match not only showed the vet brilliance of Andrews, but the promise that Frazier brings for the future. At the end of the match, it was Mark Andrews on top with his fall two pieces, the shooting star press, and got the pen. A kid interrupted Sam Gradwell's interview and after Gradwell's remarks last week, challenged him to a match. In the women's division this week, we had Danny Luna of the Subculture going up against Stevie Turner. This was off the heels of Stevie talking smack last week backstage to Danny, and Danny wanted to settle things in the ring. This was a fun matchup that even had the on- at the onset had a Greco-Roman style where it came to a couple of holds as well, which was pretty which was pretty good for those of us who like the amateur style of wrestling. At the end of this match, though, it was Danny Luna beating the self-proclaimed 4D wrestler Stevie Turner with a stamp suplex, followed by a powerbomb to boot. Nina, Nina Samuels used the Nina Samuels show this week to run her mouth about Aaliyah James. However, 
that didn't work because Aaliyah James heard the whole thing and told Samuels she was going to talk to Sid Scala about a match. Next week, we have Shaw Samuels versus Akehead, as well as Tio Man and Rohan Raja taking on Mark Coffey and Wolfgang of Gallus. And in our main event this week, it was a number one contenders match with four tag teams. Deep Mastiff and Jack Stars, Mustache Mountain, Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter, as well as T-Bone and Primate from Symbiosis. The winners get a title shot at Pretty, at Pretty Deadly. At one point, Eddie Dennis tried his best to interfere to aid Symbiosis, but was ejected by ringside by the ref. All four of these teams put on a show, but at the end of the match, your number one contenders are Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, Mustache Mountain, after a flying knee burning hammer combo. And that is your NXT UK report this week. We are back. That was your NXT UK report for this week. And uh, congratulations to Mustache Mountain becoming the number one contenders for Pretty Deadly Tag Team Championships. Uh, for those who don't know, like, Mustache Mountain have been Tag Team Champions, but in NXT proper, not in NXT UK. So a chance for them to finally mm -hmm. get that accomplishment for the two guys who were the pillars of NXT UK. Though, I feel like this is a setup for them to end up with a uh, storyline where they break up. Because, as you know, a couple weeks ago, inadvertently, uh, Trent Seven did cause Tyler Bate the uh, NXT Heritage Cup. Uh, there was a little bit of an apology sort of angle the following week, and now we have this. So, they might be building towards that, and this will be a way to make it a, an epic breakup as they challenge for the championships and one of them like trips out and screws up or something like that and tyler bate just says you know what fuck you i'm done with you something like that you know so yeah we'll see uh good job for danny luna like subs like subculture had a pretty good night on on nxt they had a good night um, they went two nathan, for two not yeah. eight. yep and then nathan frazier but nathan frazier all all definitely just like he he continues to impress uh the former ben carter and yep. Hopefully, you know, sooner rather than later, uh, Ben Carter, now Nathan Frazier, will get more exposure in the NXT UK brand and stuff like that. So there you go. And uh, we did get an appearance from Blair Davenport as well as mentioned. So, you know, hopefully they do something with that as well. But another good, another solid show. Another solid show. Yeah. And hopefully they get a takeover pretty soon uh, in the UK now that they have fans back. In, they have fans in the BT Sports Studios. Hopefully they can go on the road in the UK and have a takeover and, you know, really have some really banging, banger, banger matches and stuff like that. We, I, think they, I think the UK folks, like, deserve that, honestly. All right. Time for rapid fire. It's time for rapid fire. We head into the, re the rest of the week and we go rapid fire, push a berry, and we're going to start off, of course, with Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling continues to build towards Turning Point. Turning Point is next Saturday night. Yep, next Saturday, November the 20th on Impact Plus. And if you are an, uh, an Ultimate Insider on their YouTube, you will also be able to see it stream live on there as well. And we begin with a women's match that was really, 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 really good. 
talking about talking about the uh, the t- uh, the current number one contender for the women's world champion, the knockout championship. None other than Mercedes Martinez going one on one with Madison Rain, the former five time knockout champion. And this was a solid, solid contest. You have to understand. You have to understand. Like Madison Rain is one of the pillars of the knockouts division in TNA slash Impact. But Mercedes Martinez is a well-traveled 20-plus-year veteran. And so you put those two elements together, and it's really, really good chemistry. Great matchup. Madison Rain takes the loss to Mercedes Martinez, then attacks after the match. Mickey James comes to make the save, checks on, 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 on Mercedes, and then Mercedes just drops her like a bad habit. <laughs> Boom, and makes, lets it be known, like, look, I'm coming for your title, period. So this matchup, Mercedes Martinez versus Madison Rain, and what happened after the match? Pusher Barry. Push. Definitely. Uh, we had two number one contenders matches on the night. The first one was in the opening contest. It was Finn Juice taking on the Bullet Club's, uh, the Bullet Club's El Fantasmo and Chris Bay to determine who would challenge the Good Brothers at Turning Point for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. And this is a good matchup, good matchup. Conventional Wisdom says, you go with Finn Juice. You know, the Finn Juice, the face team against the heel team, the Good Brothers. But they went in the other direction, and the Bullet Club won. The Bullet Club won the matchup, and they are now the number one contenders for the Tag Team Championships. They will face the Good Brothers at turning point. Sith. Our number one contender tag team match between Bullet Club and Finn Juice, Push or Barry? Push. You realize we haven't buried anything on the show yet? This is crazy. But, um, it could be a right. style. We'll have to see how Spank and Rampage go. But, yep. All right. So, next, we are, are uh, before we get to our number one contenders three way, that was our main event. We had ourselves a very unique knockouts tag team matchup because we had Decay, the former knockouts tag team champions, going up against the Undead Bridesmaids. Very good matchup. A little bit of offense from the Undead Bridesmaids, but it was mostly Decay. But we also had an appearance by the current Impact Knockouts tag team champions, the Inspiration, and even with them being at sat at the at the top of the ramp watching, it did nothing to thwart the efforts of decay they were able to get the victory over the undead bridesmaids adding more intrigue to the possibility that decay will get a rematch for those tag titles against the inspiration and there you go so sip the undead bridesmaids versus decay tag match push or bury push i'm pushing as well and i also want to say this is what you get from jesse jesse mckay and uh from in, from the inspiration, they're stars. Yeah. From Cassie Lee and uh, Jessica Cassie McKay. Cassie Lee and Jessica McKay are stars, and they sh- they exude that. And so this is what you get. This is what they should have done with them in WWE. This again shows how bad WWE is when it comes to women. This is the this is the the team you should have got in WWE. Is the Iconics is the inspiration. This is what you should have got. All right. Rohit Raju and Rocky Romero went at it one-on-one in a nice little X-Division type matchup, and this was really, really good. Uh, of course, Rohit Raju had some help on, from his second at ringside to kind of give a distraction, but in the end, Rohit Raju was able to get the pinfall victory to secure over the veteran Rocky Romero and get a, quite a big win under his belt for the, the Desi Hitman. Sith, Rohit Raju versus Rocky Romero one-on-one. You push or bury? 
It's one of my favorite divisions in wrestling. Of course, it's getting a push. Absolutely, you push that. And then finally, our main event saw Matt Cardona, Eddie Edwards, and W. Morrissey battle it out to figure out who will be Moose's first challenge for his Impact World Championship. Moose, like Morrissey, dominated most of this matchup as he should because he's seven foot tall and you can't teach that. I'm going to always make that reference when talking about Morrissey. Damn right. Deal with it. Um, But. In the end, in the end, we're going to get for the 1,100,000th time Eddie Edwards versus Moose, this time for the Impact World Championship. But we'll see how it goes. But, Sif, this triple threat for the uh, number one contenders for the World Championship, push or bury? Push. And if Champ thinks I'm taking Eddie Edwards to beat Moose, he's lost his mind. Oh, no. No, Eddie's not beating Moose. It's not happening. No. But, uh, but we're getting that match for the millionth time, so there you go. Uh, so that's it for Impact. Again, Impact it continues to build towards uh, Turning Point. So we'll be checking out Turning Point. I'll, I'm going to be. I'm going to watch Turning Point. I'm not going to re- react to it, but I'm going to be watching it because, like I said, I'm now an Ultimate Insider. So yeah. I could just go on YouTube and watch it, and I can come back and talk about it the following week. So there you go. All right, let's talk about SmackDown. SmackDown this past uh, Friday night, and this was basically more so surrounding around the whole. King Woods, Roman Reigns sort of scenario, and also more build towards Survivor Series. You open the show up with, you know, introducing your Survivor Series women's team, and it went, into, it was pure chaos and everything like that. And you had a bunch of other stuff in here. So let's talk about it. First, let's talk about that opening promo, opening segment where you introduce your women's Survivor Series team. And as soon as Sasha Banks came out, y'all got, they got, they got to act in a fool. And they got the acting fool. And then Naomi came out as well, even though she's not in the Survivor Series match. But she came out anyway, got into the fray. They turned into a six-woman tag match. Really good six-woman tag match. Went through at least one commercial break. I think two, maybe. So it got some, a lot of time. And in a big surprise, Aaliyah gets a pinfall victory over certified Hall of Famer Natalia. And what a victory it is for Aaliyah. Unfortunately, her night went shit because Sonya Deville went up to her and told her, yeah, you're not on the Survivor Series team anymore. Which begs the question, like, who's replacing her? I don't think they answered that question, by the way. But anyway, the six-woman tag match. Push or bury, Sith? Push, but I got to wonder, are they going to throw Leah into the garbage bin already? I mean, Survivor <laughs> Series, you know, she could really help to build herself. And now, no. Yeah, I'm wondering about that myself. All right, next. We had ourselves a little match, a little tag matchup. The Intercontinental Champion, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs going up against Los Lotharios. And honestly, obviously, they are looking to push Los Lotharios to the moon because they had themselves a tag match against the Intercontinental Champion and they pinned the Intercontinental Champion mm-hmm. in a tag match. Pinned the Intercontinental Champion. Word. Okay. So, Sith, yeah. Nakamura and Booze versus Los Lotharios. Push or bury? Push. Absolutely. It was a very solid matchup. Uh, next, we had ourselves a matchup where the loser was off the Survivor Series team. So, the point of announcing the Survivor Series team on social media was what again? Because now you're basically booking to change up the teams. Because we had Sami Zayn versus Jeff Hardy. 
And Jeff Hardy turns around and wins, and the man who was going to call himself the captain and the locker room leader is now no longer on the freaking team. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But the match was solid. The match was solid. Um, we already know that they've had history with each other. We remember what happened at uh, the ladder match in Survivor Series uh, last year after Zayn came mm-hmm. back and said he was the real Intercontinental Champion. We know what happened with that. But this match, Sami Zayn, Jeff Hardy, losers not on the Survivor Series team. Push or Barry? Push. Um, I'm wondering what they're doing with Sami, writing him off of Team SmackDown. Maybe his contract's expiring. I don't know. But push. Absolutely push. Hector's forgetful, apparently. <laughs> what's up, Hector? What's going on? Hey, Hector. What's going on, dude? All right. Now, before... Before we get to the main event, there was a promo that happened on the show last night with Roman and Paul, where Kayla came up to the, to my tribal chief, your tribal chief, our tribal chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, to ask him a question. And he said, are you here to acknowledge your tribal chief? Or are you here? <laughs> are you here to flirt with the wise man? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Roman Reigns is wild. You understand me? He is wild. Then he would t- have the tribal chief. The tribal chief would then have the wise man uh, advise everybody about what the stipulation is for his match with King Woods, and right. which Paul Heyman would do so very, very well. I would add. So this promo with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman, push or bury. Push. And then we had the main event, Woods versus Reigns. Fantastic main event where it looked like Woods was actually going to get a pinfall victory over the Universal Champion, the Tribal Chief himself, Roman Reigns. When the Usos came out, caused the scene, got involved, caused a disqualification, and beat up Woods. And then Roman would still bend the knee. But it was for his cousins to put the crown on his head. What? Let's go. So there you go. Roman Reigns still stands tall. They are. We are the ones. The bloodline are the ones. There you go. Sith, the main event of SmackDown, plus everything that happened afterwards. Push or bury. Push. Absolutely. What's going on, Hector? Heck, Shotzi was fire. I think one of the one of the, the takeaways from that match though was that her and, and Sasha didn't interact enough because of the yeah. fact that you know they got this issue. But they're gonna have a one on one match next week, so that's awesome. We're gonna finally get that. I'm still mad. I forgot y'all were on earlier. It's all good. Sis gonna be on in about an hour and a half. Yep. He's gonna be on solo reacting to uh, Full Gear, and I'm just gonna be producing because I gotta get to bed soon as the event goes off the air, so that yeah. way I can get up. Whereas I'll talk to Wild Whitney for a little bit afterwards. Jam got to go to bed quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. All right, let's finish this off with some AEW Rampage. Also, to let you guys know, uh, we're not doing the final thoughts. After we're done with AEW Rampage, we're not even rating on Twitch. We're just going to close this out so that way Sith has enough time to get himself some food, get himself ready. Myself, I got my food just finished in my heater, so I'm going to eat that, nosh on that, and uh, start preparing the audio for this. Um, I'm debating whether I'm going to put this up before Full Gear or just wait, just let it go up tomorrow. We'll figure, we'll see how I feel, but I got to get the audio done and everything like that. So after this, we're done, okay? 
Von Wagner was blatantly ignored there. Yeah, because he was. why is he here? Why? Why is he there? He had a thing going on with Kyle O'Reilly, and now suddenly he's on SmackDown. Why is this a thing? So we're just going to forget about the vignettes with him and Kyle O'Reilly and them and the trust thing, and now we're going to put him there standing next to fucking Adam Pierce. That's what we're doing? Nah, I'm not nah, with son. it, fam. I'm not with it, fam. Nope, sorry. That's why That's why it's, it's ignored, because why are we doing this? Anyway, Rampage. Dante Martin, who got a hell of a pop, a hell of a pop. We actually just mentioned that Hector of Colorado possibly going to AEW. But Dante Martin got a hell of a pop in front of his hometown crowd in, in Minneapolis. So did Arya Davari, yes. who made his AEW debut. And they had a banger of a matchup. A banger of a matchup between the two of them, with Dante getting the victory. Big time stuff. Then afterwards, Team Taz trying to recruit the man while his actual mentor is out mourning the death of his grandmother. Some ratty scumbags, Team Taz, aren't they? But <laughs> Dante Martin versus Ari Davari, plus the aftermath, push or bury. Push. Absolutely. Dante continues to just shine. And the kid's not even old enough to drink yet, but he's just shining, dude. Yeah. Shining, shining, shining. And he's shining. Spaghetti shines. He shined so bright, and especially in front of his hometown fans. That was awesome. And one great thing I like about AEW is that when you're wrestling in your hometown, you win. And except in yeah. this case, they were both from Minneapolis, so only one of them could win. So it ended up being Dante. Uh, Jungle Boy went up against Bobby Fish, the mercenary, and Bobby Fish tried everything he could to try to take him out. But in the end, he ended up choking, getting choked out with the snare trap. Jungle Boy gets the victory. Then after the match, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish tried to go after him, but then he got they got chased away by junk by Luchasaurus and, and and Cage, Christian Cage. But this was a really fun match to watch between those two. And just Bobby Fish is just so good. Jungle Boy versus Bobby Fish. Push or Barry. And push. Don't how Bobby Fish Bobby Fish dissected Jungle Boy, but still put Jungle Boy over. Yep. Absolutely. Uh next. We had a very interesting promo backstage because it was Adam Cole and the Young Bucks, the Super Click, hyping up their their six man Falls Count Anywhere match when Adam Page showed up. Hangman Page showed up. Yeah. Adam Cole walked away, and and Hangman had a nice little conversation with the Young Bucks, basically saying to paraphrase. That we screwed each other over in this last year. We're even now. And he basically said in no uncertain terms and in no, so no uncertain words that if they try to screw him in the world title match against Kitty Omega at full gear, they will regret it. It was a very intense, very powerful promo that was another callback to everything that has happened to get yes. us to here. So once again, this is what you learn about professional wrestling. Callbacks are very important. This was that callback. Hangman, the Hangman Young Bucks promo said, "Push or bury." What's up, J Dog? How you doing, bro? Hey, J Dog. What's up, Hector? How you doing, pal? Um, you push. Come on. Yes, you do push. You do push that. You do push that. I mean, again, those callbacks were so amazing. The callbacks throughout this whole freaking build to this match mm -hmm. has been absolutely amazing. Uh, for, yes, uh next. Present. We had our our solo single a solo women's match in the in the in the in the show. Jay Cargill celebrating 
her one-year anniversary of signing with AEW. Smart Mark Sterling had a whole cake there and everything like that. Red Velvet was sitting in the crowd. And Santana Garrett was there, and it was a, a typical Jay Cargill match. Uh, though it was also some parts where, you know, Jay Cargill was interacting with Red, and then Santana tried to take advantage, couldn't do it. A nice little counter from a, a move from Santana Garrett into Jaded. Gets the pinfall, goes out to see the cake, and she doesn't look too much, too impressed with the cake. She don't give a shit about the cake. She wants the TBS championship. She don't care about no damn cake. But then Red Velvet comes in, boom, spears her, beats her up, <laughs> throws the cake in the uh, Smart Mars face, and they fight, and they fight, and they fight. So how about that? Jay Cargill versus Santana Garrett plus after everything that happened after the match. Push a barrier. Post match elevates us to a small to a push here, but the match itself, come on. I wish you could just seen this in a goddamn promo. I'm gonna say push because of the fact. Alright, J Dog man, I'll see you, bro. Is do you know if Britt's gonna be on in a bit? Because I'm I'm if she is, I'm gonna have her tabbed up, but I got because I'm not gonna be streaming. I'm not gonna be on stream. I'm gonna be producing Sith as he streams on here. So yeah. Yep. Um Red Velvet was was whole fire. Jade was blah. Yeah, well, but I, yeah, I'm pushing this as well. I'm 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 used to the Jade matches being short because she's still very green. Yeah. So she's not at that level of having a five to ten minute banger. So a one to two to three minute banger, I'm fine with as long as it's compacted and the moves still look kind of crisp. And she's doing simple things. The Do moment you think she starts she'll going be to those, champion. Probably. Okay. Probably. Cool. All right. And then finally, our main event, it was Orange Cassie and, R and Matt Hardy in a lumberjack match. Of course, Matt Hardy offered money to take out Orange Cassidy. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all the face uh, lumberjacks got beat up by the heel lumberjacks. The heel lumberjacks. Um, I see her. I literally just walked through the door. She should be streaming. Huh, I wonder if I did, I did I not see that? Oh, she is streaming. Fuck. Okay. I bet. I said I wasn't gonna rave, but I might rave I might rave Brit. So there we go. Um, but yo, this like this match was so much fun. But of course it was ruined when you got Orange Cassie getting hit upside the head with uh brass knucks. And then after the match, they were just hitting everybody with brass knucks. It was funny. <coughs> it was funny to me. I ain't gonna lie. It was funny. It was funny. But the match was solid. I really enjoyed it. And there you go. So, Sith, Orange Cassie versus Matt Hardy, plus everything that happened after the match. Are you going to push or are you going to bury? Push. My God. And Hector, Hector, I don't know your hate for Jade, but it seems really, really personal, my dude. Ponderous. Yeah, I, I don't know why you don't like the pantomime. Here's my thing. I would much Preach. rather I have a woman, I have a, a wrestler that does a lot of hand motions to show that they're, you know, active and stuff instead of just being all stiff and boring. Yeah, that's true. her. That's her thing, and I'm like, I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem with that at all. I think that that's good because it shows that she's active and she's trying to really, you know, put her character out there. You know, yeah, you know. She can just be like some muscular chick that just walks out on cock diesel like this and does nothing, and then we'll complain about that. Like, why doesn't she do something? Why is she only like this? That's the thing about us wrestling fans is that we're never happy. 
we're never happy. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just a fact of life. We're never happy. <laughs> I, and I hate it, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, like I said, we're not doing, we're not need, not doing final thoughts tonight because again, uh, Sid's got to get ready and get some time away from streaming to get ready to um, do the live stream reactions. Things. You have the live stream reactions to AEW full gear. So there you go. She just needs to wrestle. Matt needs to retire. Yeah. Well. Matt, yeah. I think you know. I think that because with Matt, with what Matt's done with his big money, Matt, excuse me, character. I think that it's kind of given him a bit of a rejuvenation that he needed when it came to his character. Because as we mentioned earlier on in this in the show, uh, when we were talking about his match with uh, Dean Alexander, he you know it kind he kind of he kind of fell off a little bit. Because he came in with a broken gimmick, but with no crowd, it really wasn't much to it, you know? And it kind of, like, felt, it kind of just, like, fell flat, honestly. But, yeah, you know, now with the big money and the, and the crowd being there, now he can really, now he can really just do, you know, be him, be true, be his true self, right? So there you go. All right, guys, we're going to go so Brit Brass some love, but we will be back here in about an hour and less than an hour, less than 90 minutes time for yep. the live stream reactions to AEW Full Gear 2021 with the Sith Lord himself. I will be in the chat with you guys, talking it up with you guys and reacting to stuff. So make sure y'all come join us. We're going to have a ball tonight. All right. So we will see all you guys right. in about 90 minutes. Yep, we'll see you in about 90 minutes. So our audio listeners, thanks for listening. Have a good one. Peace out. Take care. Hey, guys, it's Champ here. We hope you enjoyed that episode of No Spots Podcast. If you did, make sure you are following us so you can be notified when we upload new episodes. And make sure you follow us on all social media platforms, facebook.com slash nospotspod, as well as on Twitter, at truenospotspod. We will catch you on the next episode. Myself, Donnie Wrestling, and The Sith for the No Spots Podcast on the True Radio Network.